Hello everyone and welcome back to Read Along with Miles. Today we are reading with with Hawkeye. Hawkeye and Black Widow. I'm Black Widow. I love Black Widow. She's really cool. I like I like Hawkeye. You like Hawkeye? Miles is back with his podcast snacks. What are you eating for your snack, Miles? Cheez-Its and milk. He's got Cheez-Its and milk for his podcast snack. All right. Today, we received an email from a friend all the way in Asheville, North Carolina. And his name is Victor. And he is four and a half years old. Can we say hi to Victor? Hi, Victor. Hi, Victor. I'm Hawkeye. You're Hawkeye. <laughs> so Victor and his family sent us an email, um, a really nice email. And should I read it, Miles? Yeah. yeah. It says, hey, Miles, my name is Victor, and I am four and a half years old. I live in Asheville, North Carolina, and we love your podcast. My favorite stories are the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle ones. We love Bill Pete's stories. We recommend that you read The Pinkish, Purplish, Bluish Egg, but really, they are all wonderful. Okay. Please check out the video we made for you attached in the email. Best wishes, Victor and his family. All right, Judy Nero. Is that pretty cool? Yes. And he sent a really sweet video message as well. So thank you so much, Victor and family, for sending that kind email and the sweet video. What do you think, Miles? Yes. Yeah, pretty cool? All right, and as always, if you'd like to put in a request or send us an email, you can reach us at readalongwithmiles at gmail.com. And if you'd like to send in a story request or a voice message, you can click on the anchor link that's in this episode. Okay. <laughs> you ready? The Pinkish, Purplish, Bluish Egg, written and illustrated by Bill Peet. Yes, baby. Myrtle was sad and completely depressed as she sat staring down at her empty dove nest. Her children had flown off and left her that day. It was hard on a mother to send them away. But her instincts had told her that they were full grown and ready to start on a life of their own. She held back her tears for as long as she could till they'd flown out of sight on their way through the woods. Then she fluttered far back in a dark cave to brood and tried to get over her miserable mood. As she swooped through the gloom with a woe-begone sigh, an odd-colored oval-shaped rock caught her eye. But Myrtle, on closer inspection, could tell that the rock was an egg, for it had an eggshell. I must hatch it, she cried, or at least try my best if there's some way to get it back up to my nest. This problem of Myrtle's was solved right away by some frisky young squirrels who'd come there to play. They took off with the egg in a wild free-for-all, sent it bouncing along like a big bowling ball. Out of the cave door, across the rough a ground, bowling ball. <laughs> a bowling ball, and straight for the tree, it went whirling around. And to Myrtle's surprise, in less than a minute, they were up to her nest and plunked the egg in it. Whoa, look at the, these squirrels working look together. Look at this one. <laughs> what are they using to, to uh, carry the egg? His feet. Their feet, yeah. 
Soon all sorts of birds began flocking around to see the big egg that Myrtle had found. Blue jays and redbirds and noisy magpies and a big stuffy owl who was worldly and wise. It won't hatch, said the owl. That egg is stone cold. Why, for all that we know, it's a thousand years old. Do you think it's a thousand years old? No. You don't think so? If it does hatch, a jay said, I'll bet it's a turtle. For after all, you are a turtle dove, Myrtle. But the dove didn't listen to what the bird said. She was bound and determined to go right ahead. What dove? It's cracking. <gasps> it's cracking. Early one day when no birds were around, Myrtle awoke to a faint scratching sound. It came from inside of the egg. She could tell something was trying to break through the shell. I knew it, I knew it, she gleefully cried. The egg's going to hatch. There is someone inside. Something. Something. And once more the birds crowded Myrtle's treetop to watch as the egg cracked apart with a pop. Then a feathery thing poked his little head out. Bewildered and frightened, he looked all about. Happy birthday, the dove whispered softly to him. And he felt more at home and hopped out on the limb. At first, all the birds were just too stunned to speak. But finally, a jay blurted out, It's a freak! Just look! That thing is half lion, half eagle. I'm sure that it must be unsafe or illegal. No, no, said the owl with a long, thoughtful look. It's a creature straight out of a fairy tale book. The thing's called a griffin. It doesn't exist. But as a precaution, I firmly insist that we ought to get rid of the brute right away, or it might grow up and cause trouble someday. Hmm, do you think that's very kind? No. How they're treating this creature? No, it's called a, what is it called again? A griffin, maybe? A griffin, yeah. Yeah. This was too much for Myrtle. Fire flashed in her eyes, and she ruffled her feathers to look twice her size. Old coot, she exploded, you mixed up old bird. That's the silliest thing anyone's ever heard. If a griffin's not real, then how under the sun can a nothing at all ever harm anyone? With a furious charge like a mad bumblebee, she chased the owl back to his old hollow tree. Ooh, how is Myrtle feeling? Not, not happy. Not happy. I think she's feeling very protective of this bird, too of this creature. The commotion and noise made him so terrified that the griffin crawled back in his eggshell to hide. Myrtle called softly, come out, it's all clear. The birds have all gone, I'm the only one here. So the griffin crept out on the tree limb once more with slightly more courage than he'd had before. That's better, said Myrtle. Now the first thing we'll do is pick out a name that sounds just right for you. There's an old Bible name that I think rhymes with meek. I know, it's Ezekiel. For short, that is Zeke. And now Zeke, if you'd like, I will teach you to fly. You've a fine pair of wings, let's give it a try. But first, she continued, you'd better watch me. And she sailed a short distance away from the tree. It seemed very simple and easy to him. So Zeke spread his wings and sailed straight off the limb. For a minute, it looked like a pretty good start until all of a sudden, down went his hind part. 
no. He fought his way frantically back through the air and just reached the limb, but with not much to spare. Your last half, sighed Myrtle, doesn't seem to be trying. It has no natural instincts, no interest in flying. But don't worry, Zeke, leave that end up to me. I have an idea that will work. Wait and see. Then, by holding his long lion tail in her beak, Myrtle supported the last half of Zeke, and the griffin went gliding along on the breeze, while the dove gently steered him around through the trees. As they went sailing past, the owl hooted and sneered, while the mockingbirds mocked and the blue jays all jeered. But the dove didn't care. She expected them to. That's always the way when you try something new. Yes, it is. The first flight of Zeke's was a very short hop. Before long, they made a refueling stop. Then Myrtle went bustling round on the ground to show him just where the best bird food was found. In crumbling old stumps, they found grub worms and slugs. And under flat rocks, they found swarms of fat bugs. So bugs, said Myrtle, have vitamin A, and so you should eat quite a few every day. But don't overeat. That's a wise old bird rule. A flyer who gains too much weight is a fool. So while Myrtle was teaching her Zeke how to fly, she gave him a set of good rules to live by. At the end of each day, Zeke would stretch out to rest, high on the tree limb beside Myrtle's nest. And softly she'd coo an old dove lullaby, while he dreamily stared at the moon drifting by. For Myrtle had said, if you look for a while, you can see the moon's face with its bright, happy smile. Yes. And in this way, he fell off to sleep very soon, trying to make out the face on the moon. Do you see faces on the moon sometimes? Yeah. You do? Yeah. When spring came again, Zeke had reached his full size. He turned out to be huge, which was no big surprise. What amazed everyone was his skill as a flyer, for that is the thing all the birds most admire. He's a marvel, said Myrtle with a satisfied smile, and he flies as you see in the classic dove style. He flies too well, the owl said, to suit me, as he quivered and quaked in his old hollow tree. And if we're ever attacked by that powerful brute, our chance of escape wouldn't be worth a hoot. Myrtle tried to ignore what the old owl had said, but she couldn't quite put it all out of her head. So wherever Zeke went, the dove followed along, just to make sure that he did nothing wrong. Late one afternoon, as they wandered around, they passed by the cave where the egg had been found. Now that's strange, said Zeke, as he peeked in the door. I have a feeling I've been here before. It's just the right place for a big brute like me. Besides, I'm too big now to sleep in a tree. If you sleep here, said Myrtle with a shiver of fright, foxes and wolves might surprise you some night. They're bloodthirsty creatures, the dove pointed out, and there's no telling when they'll come prowling about. One night, as the griffin stretched out on the limb, Zeke felt as if someone were staring at him. And there, sure enough, down below on the ground, the foxes and wolves had come prowling around. Somehow they'd heard of the fabulous beast, so they were all set for a fabulous feast. 
and Zeke was so worried for fear he might fall. For the rest of the night, he slept hardly at all. He's having a nightmare? Kind of, like a, a nightmare in real life. Could Would you be able to sleep if you looked down and all of these wolves and foxes were... Distracting me? Yeah. No. <laughs> no, me neither. They're bloodthirsty. They're bloodthirsty. He awoke the next day with a fierce eagle scowl, and from deep in his throat came a low-line growl. I could tear all these scoundrels to ribbons, snarled Zeke, with these great eagle claws and this powerful beak. This came as a shock to the delicate dove, the symbol of peace and of motherly love, and she tearfully pleaded with Zeke not to do it. I'd die, Myrtle moaned. I couldn't live through it. Violence is wrong, and it's sinful, I say. If you'll only be patient, they might go away. How is Zeke feeling, Miles? Angry. He's feeling angry. Or, or sleep. Maybe but, sleepy. Maybe sleepy, yeah. Maybe he's grumpy because he didn't get enough sleep. Yeah. But they weren't going to leave for all Zeke could see. And he just couldn't stand one more night in the tree. So Zeke left the woods and sailed off through the sky while Myrtle was chasing a big dragonfly. When he finally decided he'd gone far enough, he went gliding down to roost on a bluff, overlooking a region so bleak and so bare that only the vultures could stand living there. This place, said Zeke, is as strange as can be, so maybe it's meant for a creature like me. But I couldn't stand living out here in these rocks. It's a much better place for a wolf or a fox. Then all of a sudden, he sat up with a jerk. Why, there's an idea, he said, that might work. And he hurried along toward the woods at top speed, anxious to see if his plan might succeed. When he came to the forest, Zeke dropped from the sky with a loud lion roar that was part eagle cry. All the birds were astounded and so terrified that they went streaking off in the bushes to hide. But in wolves? What's he doing, Miles? He's, he's going to eat foxes and wolves. You think that's what he's going to do? Let's see. Yeah. But the foxes and wolves all came running out to see what the unearthly noise was about and were swept off their feet, jerked up by the tail. Then over the treetops the scoundrels set sail, helplessly howling and wailing with fright, for this, you see, was their very first flight. What is Zeke doing, Wiles? Gonna eat the foxes. I think he's carrying, he's flying them over to some place. Let's see. It's to his home. Zeke made the long trip without dropping one fox and set them down gently on one of the rocks. Then as he departed, the griffin called out, That'll teach you scoundrels to go prowling about. If you ever come back to the woods, don't forget. I'll take all of you on a much longer trip yet. Oh, man. When Zeke told the dove about what he had done, she was so very proud of her gigantic son that she scurried about as fast as she could to tell every bird in that part of the wood. And now, at last, there wasn't one doubt but what the fierce griffin they'd worried about was a peace-loving creature and tame as could be why, even the owl finally had to agree. But I'm right, the owl said. On one thing at least, he doesn't exist. 
he's a mythical beast. Does he mean, worried Zeke, that I'm not really here? That most any minute I might disappear? It's nonsense, scoffed Myrtle. He's a silly old bird. But if it makes him feel better, let him have the last word. Ha, ah, what did you think of the story, Miles? It's nice and not nice. It was nice? It was nice and not nice at the same time? Yeah. What was not nice about it? The owl. The owl wasn't being very kind, right? Yeah. Who was kind in this story? Um, Myrtle. Myrtle was very kind. She was very loving and accepting of Zeke. Isn't that nice? Yeah. All right, thank you, Victor and family, for requesting that story. That was really cool. Yeah. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye, friends. We'll see you here next time.